This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing. G'day everybody, Josh here. Just jumping in quickly to let you know, this is part one of a really interesting conversation that I had with Heather Welsh from the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast. The reason I've decided to break this one up, and I might do this for any of the longer interviews, is the shorter versions of these episodes where it's just me monologuing, they're probably only going to come in from 8 to 10 minutes. And the new YouTube channel, Dead Set Podcasting, all kinds of random quick troubleshooting tips on that, they're only going to be three to four minutes long. So having interviews that are an hour plus every second episode or every third episode versus episodes that are eight to ten minutes long or even shorter if I strip the audio out of the YouTube, there's a bit too much difference there and there's too much editing time that I have to dedicate to certain episodes versus others. I'm trying to be realistic about how much I can dedicate to Deadset Podcasting while the show and the editing business that runs along with the show is kind of building. So I'm trying to keep them to half an hour-ish at max, so you might get two parts. And if it's a really long episode, you might get two 45-minute chunks. I also am trying to be respectful of how much of your week I'm taking up with my accent. (laughs) Okay, it's a double accent extravaganza today, and... Yeah, we'll jump in now and check out the YouTube if you want to maybe catch some weird software troubleshooting things that I've worked out over the years. We'll jump in with Heather now. Let's do it. You're listening to Dead Set Podcasting with your host, Josh Liston. This is a show dedicated to podcasting in Australia, New Zealand and Southeast Asia. Follow along with today's episode over at deadsetpodcasting.com. Okay, here we go. Hello, everybody. So this is a first, the first interview on Deadset Podcasting, and it's with someone I've wanted to talk to for a very long time, so this is pretty special. So Heather Welch from the Sunshine and Power Cuts podcast, and also the Sunshine Summit, which is quite fascinating. I was doing some research into what that is because I've never actually managed to catch that. So welcome, Heather, as the well, the, the inaugural guest on this show. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Josh. It's amazing to be here. Excellent. And just for anyone that's maybe confused about the double up on the accents today, I'm based in (laughs) Australia and Heather is in New Zealand. So we apologize for any confusion caused in advance. So now that we've got the disclaimer out of the way, sunshine and power cuts. What is it? How long has it been going? And then we might nerd out on some gear and then we're going to explore all about New Zealand and podcasting. So just take whatever you want there, Heather, and we'll just jump in. That's exciting. So Sunshine and Power Cuts is an idea that I had a long time ago and sort of put it into action in 2017. And it was this wanting to share the journey that I've been on. I live off the power grid in rural New Zealand, which means I generate my own electrical power and I have solar panels and a battery bank. And it's a whole story that started even longer ago. Um, And I wanted to share that and When you think of a way of sharing an idea that you have, you kind of want to come up with a way of succinctly describing it. And so my whole journey has literally been full of sunshine when I make power and power cuts when I don't. And so I just threw them together. It's not something that anyone is going to search for specifically. So it's terrible for SEO, uh, just so we're clear on that one. But 
it's yeah the easy way of describing what I do and my journey but I've taken it a whole way of like the sunshine and solar power but also being light bright and motivational Uh, so my podcast that I created in August of 2017 has two different types of episodes that alternate. There are sunshine ones, which are light, bright, and motivational. And then there are the power cut ones, which are where I share more of the personal journal of the whole experience living off the grid and what's, what it's been like. I have found that I had to rely on nature a whole lot more. I have had normal day jobs and things, and now I work from home. But I found that I got quite low in wintertime, so seasonal affective disorder is a thing where you can be impacted by the seasons and get very depressed and and low, and I needed something to help me work through that, and creativity is one of the ways that I do that. So I put the idea of being light, bright, and motivational into the sunshine episodes where I share little inspiration things from nature. I take a look at an example from nature and kind of fill it out a little bit in a short, sweet little episode and then I go into the behind the scenes of what's been happening on the journey of relying on sunshine for power so yeah okay well that was light bright and yeah that was pretty impressive (laughs) so there's several things that stick out to me there and for anyone who's never heard an interview that I do I'm a massive rabbit hole person which Heather seemed okay with so (laughs) hopefully everyone's on board for that but can I just quote something from your website quickly that I think is really interesting, at least to me. It was the thing that really grabbed me, and that was, quote, a New Zealand podcast featuring yep. two types of episodes that I'll turn, sorry, that alternate to share inspiration drawn from nature and insights into life off the grid, unquote. So the first part of that, a New Zealand podcast, is there some coalescence between being in New Zealand and the topic of your podcast and maybe how relevant it is both locally and globally because there could be people in Southern California that happen to listen to this show for whatever reason that are like seasonal affective disorder. What do you mean the weather changes and it's not sunny all the time? How do you lose power? (laughs) So is there some, when you say you're drawing inspiration from nature, obviously New Zealand, that's the thing that comes to mind for a lot of people is that it's just this incredible, beautiful wilderness, but obviously that's impacting your life directly now. So I know that's a very broad question. You just take whatever you like from there. But So I'm very about visual things and podcast is usually audio only and I don't have a video version of my podcast that goes out. And on my website, if you do go check it out, you'll see like this scenery. And so it was mainly to determine that I have a New Zealand accent. I'm in New Zealand, which people generally see as clean, green and beautiful. I think that's our motto somewhere in our yeah. like uh, tourism thing. But that here I am able to go off the grid because I know some places around the world there are restrictions and regulations around all of that as well. So it kind of plays into a lot of things. And I know some people in different places like Arizona, massively sunny all year round, warm, you know, perfect place for being off the grid. But someone in Michigan maybe might be able to align with it a little bit a bit more because it gets really cloudy and dark and maybe seasonal affective disorder is a thing for more people there. There are places around the world where, you know, there's more prevalence of that. But it was kind of to, again, succinctly throw in a few ideas about what you can expect when you listen, I guess. Um, Yeah. So I guess to go a little deeper, besides obviously the fact that you sound like you're from New Zealand or to a lot of people (laughs) in North America, apparently we all sound like we're from England. I'm not sure how that works, but (laughs) the is there anything that you would say that is uniquely New Zealand about your podcast? Is there something where you think, 
I'm not sure that that would be there if I wasn't from this part of the world. I, that's a very good question and a tough question. I don't use a lot of te Māori in my podcast at all, so there's not that element which would make it distinctly from New Zealand. I guess that when I share, like, fuel prices of when I'm filling up my generator <laughs> and things, that's – but I mention, like, what the price is in New Zealand dollars. Yeah. Um, I think it's just my perspective, and I'm just letting you know that it's possibly from a New Zealand – perspective. There isn't anything super definitive that would make it unique, I guess, but everyone's going to have a very different story when they do go off the grid or with their well-being journey anyway. And I happen to live in a, in a part of rural New Zealand that is really pretty, so it kind of lives up to that beautiful <laughs> the, the <postcard>. stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I just thought that obviously there's a proud warrior native culture emanates out of New Zealand and you see a lot of it that particularly in this part of the world because it penetrates international sport quite a lot. And <laughs> that's probably the first thing that comes to mind. And I know just from having seen the New Zealand rugby team, for example, before matches, I've just been completely shot to pieces with goosebumps. But yeah. that's not the only thing <laughs> that surely that's not the only thing that's uniquely New Zealand, although that's right at the core there are other things and yeah. I was just that's what this show I'm trying to and it's hard and it's a little esoteric Heather but I'm trying to make a show that talks about how the places that you make something actually influence what it turns out to be I had another thought on that though yeah. like the DIY culture do it yourself thing is a very big thing here in New Zealand we've got a saying about number eight wire and being able to be really handy and turn your hand at anything and I think that comes through perhaps quite a bit like my system I built myself like we pieced all the things together it's not a commercial package we got from someone you know it's been like the do the research figure it out she'll be right is a mentality and a saying that yeah. we have here. And so that's probably, that comes through in little minor things yeah. throughout the podcast. Yeah. That's funny you said that. I actually had a call with a bit of an online, I don't like to use the word mentor because he would hate that, but just a guy that I know online that's a bit further along his stand-up comedy journey than me, about 25 years further. And cool. I said to him the, uh, the day before yesterday, I said, she'll be right, mate is how we initially were treating COVID in Australia. Oh, she'll be right, uh, mate. We weren't treating it all that well. So, And he said, she'll be right, mate. What does that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think that having some of those little, some of those little cultural things, that, even if it is just language that come into the podcast, like I used to be really reticent to say things like g'day to people on a podcast because I think I was stuck thinking that podcasts were not just made for North America, but they were only consumed in North America. Mm -hmm. So I was talking when I was in a band, Heather, I was talking in miles instead of kilometres. Oh. I was talking in metres. Oh, sorry. in Like just trying to make it too much like it was too broad. Yeah. And I think it just turned from being something that was potentially unique into something that was pretty generic. And your show certainly not that. And I... Do you ever think that having the two types of episodes, there's got to be some pros and cons to that? Because, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because certain people are probably coming there for the technical information on how to make power and live off the grid, and then you've got the inspirational element. Do you find that, are those audiences melding and crossing over, or is there two distinct audiences there? Sometimes, and I know of some people who have a playlist of just the Sunshine episodes. That's all they really, you know... 
that's what they like and enjoy and it helps them. And that's amazing. It blows my mind. But then I had to put a disclaimer in like intros, like the zero episode or the first Power Cut episode to say that it wasn't heavily technical because my podcast is under personal journal. It's not a how-to. Um, and my system doesn't change all that often because we've we built it up over time and I'm recording this podcast after that point. So it's not a go along and build what I've got now. So it's there is definitely, A, it's not searchable. No one's going to be looking for it. People are very intrigued by the off-grid thing and they do enjoy my story. And sometimes that sort of brings them into the, the Sunshine episodes. And there are then people who specifically like just the Sunshine ones. It's a tricky concept, but the reason I did it that way is very important to me. And it also makes it very hard to make them because the Sunshine ones are very specific and they are scripted and they have a very certain format to them. I'm taking people on a journey of this idea that I want to explore and kind of helping people through something. And then the Power Cut one is me sharing my story, so it's very personal and it can go a little bit more free and open and it doesn't have to be so scripted. But I didn't want to be stuck on either one of those things. I wanted to cover both because they're both really important part of the journey that I've had. And so therefore, I got to a point where it was very hard to cram in time to elaborate on these nature ideas, but also like keep the journal part going at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't think the struggle to find balance. So like I have more than one show. That's the balance that yeah. I struggle to, to hit is... I'll be feeling most energized and interested in probably most of the time it's the really short form comedy show that I do that's only about a minute long. It's called Tips of the Slung, which makes no sense to anybody, but <laughs> that show is the one where I always feel like I'm ready for that. And I have a long form interview show as well that is a lot of work. It's great to hear the final product, but it's a massive amount of work to get it done and I've got to coordinate guests and my co-host and all that sort of stuff. And this show, I just decided, nah, no release schedule. I've put that pressure on myself before and I never stick to it. So why don't you just do an episode whenever you feel inspired to do one? And the funny thing is, Heather, I'm finding I'm releasing it more regularly <laughs> by not having that pressure on myself <laughs> than having this big cloud hanging over my head that it has to be out on a certain day. And I'm not saying for anybody that that's good advice. No. It's just, for me, sometimes conventional advice doesn't work with your personality. And I don't know how you feel about that, but that's how I've found it. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, people will say consistency. Consistency is the key. Release regularly. Tell people when you're going to put the episode out. And that's all well and good if you can manage that. And if you can't manage that, you need to find another way. And it doesn't have to be like that. Um, I know of other podcasts that release every so often and it's just so exciting when they do release one because you know it's going to be really good yeah um and i found that i was sticking to a weekly thing and i did a really good job at that at the beginning uh, but then it got very difficult uh, lots of other commitment things which make it very hard and also i struggle in wintertime which we're heading into being in the southern hemisphere now yeah. um <laughs> so just not having power to be able to do stuff but I found that I wasn't making the best quality thing either. And when I did take a little bit longer to make an episode, they ended up being what I wanted them to be. Uh, like my one of my later episodes is Ebb and Flow. And I've had huge feedback on that one because it just turned out the way that I wanted and really 
thorough and well put together, I guess. I mean, there's sure probably going to be people who don't like it, but that's fine because it's not everyone's cup of tea. But That's something that it took me a fair while to get over to. I think early on was, for some reason, I was focused on making a show that was just, I tried so hard to make it for everybody. I don't think it was for anybody. And that was some music marketing, or not really music marketing. It was like basically a show about being in a band. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I did that I won't repeat on this show because this show's clean, but I decided that that show was going to be clean, like language-wise. But then I thought, wait a sec, you've played hundreds of gigs, Josh, you know, and I was booking a venue for a long time. You've met probably a thousand musicians in your life. None of them speak the way you're speaking on that podcast. (laughs) Like, I was trying to make a podcast to impress some other audience. I don't know what that audience was, but (laughs) people in bands swear. They yeah. cuss each other out as a joke. They express themselves in ways in their lyrics or just day to day that weren't some clean didactic, you know, lecture <laughs> like I was putting together. <laughs> and as soon as I just thought, I don't even speak like I do on that show, I realized that I'd forced, I'd somehow taken too much advice, quote unquote, on board and it made me not myself. So that's what I wanted to get onto next. You obviously are pretty engaged with what you would call the podcasting actual industry, discussions about the art form itself. How do you filter what you think is good advice generally from advice that's good for you? Because I don't know whether they're exactly the same. One of the things that I find really interesting is following better podcasting, if it's right, to plug them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, well, they're also a kindred spirit, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. (laughs) But what I love about them is that it's not like, They'll give you advice on the on the general things and they keep up to date with what's happening. But they don't there's no pressure or anything to take any of that on board. And I actually had a call with them very early. I think it might have been one of my very first video calls or guest spots that I had. And it was amazing to just do that because I kind of idolized them. They've got so much experience behind them. But it was they asked me about some stuff that was happening in the podcast world. And I had I was aware of it. I follow like you say, a lot of the, you know, things in the industry. But I had put on myself that, you know, that's fine to be aware of it and I can take it as with a grain of salt and see whether it applies to me or not. And I don't have to fit a mold. And I also talked to um, another podcast person and it was like there aren't really set rules anyway. There are guidelines of what you should maybe do because it might be better. But you are you. You want to create this thing form how that looks and feels and it will be different for everybody so yeah yeah so and that's a fantastic answer but do you mind if we just go a little bit deeper so this is just this is just an experiment heather this might not work but i figure we're getting to know each other on this call finally after lots of you know twittering back and forward and everything that people (laughs) do so i wanted to just see if this might become a new segment too so if there's a truth in conventional podcasting advice that you do believe wholeheartedly and maybe what's seen as a truth in conventional advice that maybe you think is a myth or at least it has been in your experience. Do either of those come to mind? There are true, There are a lot of truths um, that are conventional because, like I said, consistency is a thing and it will help, right? But the the myth behind it is that that is the only way of going forward. Yeah. And I think <laughs> that... The biggest thing 
one huge thing that beyond anything else is that you need to do it because you're passionate about it because as soon as you lose that it's going to be extremely difficult to trudge through the effort that it takes to make it and so if that conventional thing does not apply to you and it doesn't make you feel good and it doesn't help you get it made then don't do it like that's where I think that there's a truth in it but it's the myth is that it's the only way of going about it well that was awesome and concise <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so if I have I, a huge problem with taking up people's time. Oh, no, no. That's, well, it's probably best that you're being concise today because I never am. <laughs> so just okay. one thing that comes to mind for me is that this is the one that I think that I've been stuck in for far too long. Mm-hmm. And it's that the brand around you as an individual is paramount and even more important long-term than enjoying the thing that you're actually doing. And I'll lay that out. This show that we're doing now, I've been debating with myself for years whether I'm the type of person who should be talking about this stuff. And I guess this show, whether I want it to or not, probably falls into some kind of educational category. And it took me a long time to be okay with that because I haven't shared it much on this show, but The last 12 months, I've been really committed up until COVID, obviously, trying to get into stand-up comedy. And as soon as that started, I found myself thinking, this show's been on my mind for a while, a specific show to this area of the world. Should I be doing a show that teaches people something and also trying to be a comedian? Like Those two things don't seem like they're natural, so I should just not do the educational thing because I want to only be seen as a funny person. And okay. that was because I was thinking about the brand of me, not what I'm actually interested in. Like I could talk about podcasting. Like if Heather and I had all day, if she had all day, <laughs> we, a lot of us have all day at the moment, but I could talk about podcasting from now until tomorrow, until my yeah. voice broke and I would not get bored. And that has to be a sign of a real passion. If anything is a sign of a passion, wanting to talk about it with everybody, particularly if they're also a podcaster, that's got to be a passion. So- I think that now I'm starting to put interests above brand. So if I'm interested in that thing, I don't care how it might reflect on me. I don't care if other comedians think, well, that's weird that he's doing that. Like they're the sorts of things. I'm hardly even into my comedy career and I convinced myself I couldn't do this show. So yeah. And, but it is because I'd listened to so much advice about brand and I don't know whether you absorb a lot of that brand advice. That is so interesting and so powerful and kind of, heartbreaking at the same time because I can see that being a thing for a lot of people right so you listen and you're like you have to do this one thing and you have to get really good at it and you have to like you're saying make a brand and so technically I have like sunshine and power cuts and that's pretty much the only social media presence you'll find of me uh, because I did that though for simplicity I am not a huge fan of social media so It got overwhelming. I was trying to do too much. I was spread too thin having my own personal one and another one. And I wanted to just share the elements that were relevant and important and those things. And I have other interests too. Uh, A lot of the things that I do, I've got like an underlying theme of it being clean. My show is clean as well. And I make my Sunshine Summits that way. Uh, And I know not, not everyone does that for their own shows, but if they're a guest on my thing, You know, I kind of ask if they can do that so that we can be more accessible to a wider audience. But 
I am maybe a bit of a rebel. <laughs> so I, I know of all of the conventional things and I know of a lot of things that are happening, but I'm still just going to go out there and forge my own path. And I don't really, I think I've said before in another call with someone else that your de definition of success is going to define how this path and journey looks for you. If you are high strung and set on, and that's awful, sorry, I didn't mean to put people out as high strung but I mean if you were aiming for massive numbers or like download numbers or something that's going to be how you're going to work towards that and you're going to measure that and you're going to adjust based on what you're doing right if you are out there to explore your interests and your passions it's going to look very different and it might look a little bit messy and it might not be conventional but all the other things but amazing things can come out of what you create too so I rebel and I do my own thing. I have done Twitch streaming. I have the podcast, which is kind of on hold, kind of. Um, been a long time since an episode come out. But however, I set up little things, which I'm not sure if anyone's noticed. But the episode before the last one is Ebb and Flow. And it talks about things ebbing, like being in full on retreating and flow when things are full on and happening. And then the next one's called The Long Dark. Well, it kind of said without saying what might happen because I just didn't have an end date on when that would come around. So yeah, I, I'm conscious of things. I'm aware of uh, conventional things and advice and all of that stuff. But at the same time, I can't limit myself to that. Like I was saying about it, it's not the only way to do things. And that's that's really important to me. Otherwise, I would have burnt it all to the ground and walked away. <laughs> yeah. There's so much in that, but if it's okay, I might go with my intuition as to what I think sure. might be the most interesting thing to explore there. Yeah. You said that you're a rebel. Uh-huh. Do you think that there's a hole in just general podcasting advice area, people talking about how to make them and create them for people like yourself, and I'm very much like that, that I would prefer to fail doing it my way than do it someone else's way and possibly succeed. <laughs> if I decide I'm going to do something and it's not conventional, like this is a point that I've come to recently, I'd rather fail trying to do it my way. And it took me a long time to get to that point and it's probably not seen as being very sensible. <laughs> but part of that goes back to being in Australasia that the industry itself is still quite small and being a successful producer of a podcast in Australia and I'm assuming New Zealand that's not a path to fame or some higher level of notoriety for whatever you're doing. It's just having a big podcast. That's all it is. So for me, the goal now is to really embrace that rebellious spirit of, and for me, it's about sharing all these interests that I have. And I guess that rounds back to what I was saying just a minute ago, Heather, that I was concerned about having too many interests that I was sharing with the world because the conventional advice is being known for one thing. and too many things might confuse people. I don't know where all this advice that people are stupid comes from. So I don't know where that advice comes from. Oh, you don't want to confuse people. You don't want to make it simple like they're a child. I disagree with that. But I think that that's my rebelliousness now is I don't really care if people think that I'm this cluttered, messy person that doesn't have any focus because that's actually who I am. I have a thousand million weird ideas a day. So I'm not sure if that falls in line with what you're saying, but there is a rebelliousness in Australia and New Zealand, I think, because the, there's no real path to stardom. So we can—it's yeah. more like punk rock than it is like <laughs> than it is like country music. 
where there's a path. That's how I see it anyway. Yeah. So it is, like you're saying, it's very small here in terms of all sorts of things like listenership, like the number of people podcasting, a lot of people who have famous podcasts are already famous anyway, like the comedians from here or actors or the radio in New Zealand or something. So they are more known. But then there are people who have found niches and they've grown their show and it's become amazing. I think it comes down to what you want to do. And again, going back to what I said about your definition of success is going to define what your journey looks like. So if it is doing all those growth things and becoming known then you're going to network and you're going to be a guest on all sorts of other podcasts and you're going to have a plan for doing that um if yours is to explore and discover what it is or share your interests or that kind of thing you're going to go down a different path and that might look a little bit messy and i know that consistency is helpful because people know when to expect it and i also know that it is easier for people to follow something that maybe they know what to expect so they know that you're going to do a podcast or they know that you're going to do comedy yeah, But yeah. people, when they get to know you, okay, so they might not know you off the bat when they first discover you, but when they get to know you, it's you and you are a facet of all of these things. And I just had a comment recently from an amazing person called Liberty Dude, and he said that, you know, it doesn't matter what I do, I still bring all of the essential elements of me to whatever it is that I'm able to participate in, and that's what he really enjoys. So that's huge. Yeah, that's Feedback, expensive. in my opinion. Yeah. 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 Um, and I know that it's hard because when you're starting out, you don't always have that feedback loop. You're talking into the void until someone does come back to you with something. So I think what there is a lack of is a lack of encouragement and supportive spaces that go, hey, your journey's all good. Like, what is your journey? I'd love to know more about it. And it's something that Emily Prokop did for me in the very beginning. She just asked what I was doing. And she's like, oh, that's really interesting. You know, cool. Great to see you here. <laughs> I was the live chat of Better Podcasting, which was funny. So I thought that was a good place to end today's episode. A two-parter is coming at you. So that was part one with Heather Welsh. Part two will be in the very next episode. Don't forget to check out the new YouTube channel. There's only two videos there at the moment. They're going to be very Mac-centric because that's all of the production that I do is on the Mac. But I will be touching on software like Audacity, which is a little bit more universal, and there should be some crossover to Windows as well. Okay, at Joshua C. Liston on Twitter and Instagram. Hello at Deadset Podcasting to email the show. And yeah, part two with Heather will be in the next episode. And we've also got some great guests coming up in the future including Jay Podvader Soderberg. Probably the most fun podcasting conversation I've ever had. It was very funny, and the post-chat was really funny. Probably not appropriate for this show, but man, that guy is a laugh. Thanks also to Captivate FM, your support during the migration of my hosting away from my old host to Captivate was pretty amazing, and it's also allowing me for only a slight increase in Australian dollars per month to really up the amount of content I'm actually putting out there. So thanks to Captivate. And yeah, talk to you guys soon. Bye-bye. This episode was edited by Deadset Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.